this is Eddie. And this is Miguel. You're listening to the Guy Life Culture Podcast. Yes, welcome back to another episode of the God Life Culture Podcast. We are so excited that you have tuned in and that you are ready to dive into this new episode with us. Eddie, how are you feeling? Feeling great, really excited to be back and just to share um, our opinions and our thoughts and all the crazy stuff that is happening overall on my end. Everyone is alive, everyone is healthy, and that's all I can really ask for at this time. How's everything going on on your end? Yeah, I mean, I can agree. Everything is well, thank God. Um, You know, still making adjustments to all this craziness that's happening in the world and having to uh, continue to pivot and be more creative and just, uh, you know, take it day by day. If there's anything that, um, you know, this last few weeks starting school up again and, you know, being in the school building and all of those different challenges, if there's anything that um, I'm kind of taking out of this whole thing is that sometimes you just have to look at your schedule for the day, you know, and I think sometimes it's uh, very overwhelming when we, uh, you know, like individuals like us who like to plan a lot and prepare and schedule and sometimes just, uh, you know, looking at all you have to do and then all of the little challenges and hurdles and, you know, the adjustments that you're making because of everything that's going on in this world, they can just be overwhelming. Um, So I'm just kind of reminding myself, take it one day at a time, um, you know, and give yourself kind of that uh, that grace because you're doing something, you know, that you've never done before. I've been a teacher for five years mm-hmm. and I feel like this is my first year teaching again, you know, yeah. where you're like kind of lost, but, you know, faking it till you make it and trying your best to just go through all of these hurdles. Um, you know, it's a lot of adjustments that teachers are making and, you know, not just teachers, just, um, you know, parents as well. And even the students, right. It's just a brand new, uh, totally different school year and school experience. So, you know, just taking it day by day. Yeah. And I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to. I think that there are a lot of different professions that are going through the same scenario. I was speaking to a friend of mine who is in insurance uh, health insurance uh, person um, and give services and gets people to sign up and stuff. And they're doing everything completely different as well. Um, they're at the point where they've already told them, listen, we're going to keep you guys working from home all the way through 2021. Um, and there were definitely challenges and hurdles that she was sharing with me that she was going through. Uh, but we even see that in our churches. You know, we spoke about that in the very beginning of the COVID outbreak and all the different challenges and hurdles and changes that churches were doing, you know, now we're at a time um, months into COVID where there are still different challenges um, and different moments where we do have to pivot um, and make these changes and be adaptable, um, not only because of the different circumstances, but because of the different people that we have also uh, visiting our churches. You know, there is a great need that's happening out there. You know, there's a lot of people that aren't taking this whole COVID thing serious. But on the flip side, there are people that are. And that's why it's important that as churches, we be vigilant and also on our toes and flexible to be able to, you know, pivot when necessary um, to be able to be of a blessing to those people. Every time we say the word pivot, it reminds me of an episode of Friends. I don't know if you saw that one uh, where they're (laughs) trying to get this couch up these stairs and anyways it's, yeah, it's just well, funny there's completely. a shirt there's shirts that say like pivot pivot that's what right. i reference to 
Yeah, well, unfortunately, I'm probably one of those few people who have only seen like one episode of Friends and not even in its entirety. That's horrible. So I sometimes do feel left out because I feel like a lot of people, especially like in our age and kind of like generation, um, you know, uh, they, you know, watch Friends when it was on TV. And, you know, I remember kind of growing up and seeing it on TV, but not really like finding any interest in it at the time. Um, But I do feel like there is a portion of me that has missed out. And I think I need to really go back and check that show out. Yeah, I'm from one of the people that got into the Friends once the rerun started. Because I think Friends was on Thursday nights, and that's when we had church service, Thursday nights. Uh, so I was, and this is before DVRs or, you know, <laughs> being able to find stuff online, all these episodes. Um, this was back in the day where you had to leave a VCR on with a VHS tape and hope that you put the settings in to record it, which we did not have. Uh, but yeah. I'm part of the people that did get on the wave a lot after especially once right. it was on netflix you could have just binged the whole i thing. know and it's no longer on netflix i think i think it's it was not they moved it yeah. over to hbo max uh because hbo mm-hmm. has a new streaming service yeah um but, but yeah. i can definitely relate to you when you say about you know having church and not being able to watch because that was like the biggest challenge for me growing up yes that i felt like i was so separated from everybody else and so different because they were able to watch all the shows yes. on tuesdays and thursdays nights and i felt like i was always missing out because i had church yes right and it's probably so small and minute compared to other experiences that people have had and things that they've missed out on or you know different situations like that but it's just so funny how when you're growing up and you're a kid or even like you know a preteen or whatever um those little things sometimes it may sound silly but i do think that sometimes the enemy likes to play on those things yeah you know like just the fact that you know yeah you can't watch that or you can't catch that movie because you have church tonight and you have to go to church and you know as a kid you may not always find church super interesting or as a teenager it may not really catch your attention and you may be forced to go because your parents are bringing you and they're forcing you to go um you know and sometimes that's how it starts right with Uh, having that uh, resentment or bitterness sometimes towards uh, church or towards the things of of the Lord. And like I said, it's kind of a stretch of an example, but I do believe that it sometimes it starts off like that in those small areas where you're growing up and you're kind of uh, just, you know, suppressing those feelings or, or, or processing those feelings of, man, I'm so different. I can't, I have church. I can't watch it. I'm going to miss out. Everyone's going to talk about it. Right. Yeah. Um, You know, it just, it starts off at an early age like that sometimes. Yeah. And I don't, think it's a stretch i think it's it's especially for our time and generation years ago it was a legitimate thing you know now you know you go to church when you get home you can catch it whether it's through dvr or online or wherever you know you you can catch any episode of any show that you miss while you were in the service but back in the day it definitely was something that did play a role um in how whether it was uh office talk you know what they call a water cooler talk the next day at work or at when you got to school the next day and everybody was talking about the episode or the cliffhanger or whatever you know it was like i have no idea what you're talking about i've never seen that show it's on tuesdays or thursdays i'm so out of the loop and there are people that 
then in order to uh, fit in or to be part of the conversation would start making up that they weren't feeling good to not go to the service. You yep. know, you know, trying to make excuses so they can catch the episode of the show uh, to be able to be part of the conversation the next day. And I think that that is one, the the way that the enemy gets you to develop a bad habit of coming up with an excuse to not go to church because you want to you know catch a show catch a sports game or whatever it is um and two it also is how the enemy gets to gets its way into your heart because you know we're people that we have christ as the center of our heart you know he is what's on our pedestal um and once we start pushing him over to the edge and putting other things to be more important, you know, and it starts in the most, what we would, you know, what people would think was the most dumbest or simplest thing, but something like that, like coming up with an excuse to not go to church because you want to catch something, you know, is treading on, you know, thin ice. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And, you know, again, um, I think there's always going to be something that's kind of going to call our attention, right? Or there'll kind of always be something, especially when you're growing up, that uh, you have that FOMO, right? That fear of missing yeah. out where it's like, you know, because of this or because I'm doing this, you know, with with church or I have this event going on or I have this happening, my parents are making me go here and do this. You know, you almost feel like you're missing out on other things, right? Or, you know, hanging out with your friends or, or you know, uh, certain events that would happen at night or things like that. So, you know, again, I do think that at an early age, you know, these are things that you go through that, um, you know, hopefully we, we learn through them. We make the mistakes, but we learn through them, you know, and yeah. we learn, um, you know, how to deal with it and that it's happening at that age and that moment, right. With something so simple, but like you said, those things grow and they grow into, you know, other things where it just becomes like, you know, God is not really the priority. Yeah. Right. Um, and it could also just be to the other extreme where we don't know how to balance. Cause I do believe that, you know, as Christians, we do need to find that right balance, right. Whether it's, you know, we know we have our church services and our commitments and our responsibilities, but we also know that, you know, we have our families, right? And we we have to learn how to develop that healthy balance between, you know, having our families and our, you know, outside responsibilities away from the church and also being faithful with what God has given us to do within the church. Yes, I agree with that. Um, and speaking about shows, I completely missed that the um, the Billboard Awards happened this week. I don't know. Did you catch anything? Yes, I did not see it live. Um, I actually uh, totally, you know, forgot that it was airing. So I kind of caught some uh, clips at the end. But I did go back and, you know, check out kind of what people were saying. Um, and I don't know. I... I know this whole award situation, right? Because of COVID, they can't gather, you know, they can't have like live audiences and everything's virtual and Zoom. But I have to say, I've watched like the Video Music Awards, the VMAs and some of the other award shows. And I really do like the... Uh, the way they're, you know, they're doing the award shows now. And like, I just feel like the artists and the performers and all of them, you know, the people participating are kind of 
having to take it to the next level because there's no crowd, right? So they're <laughs> yeah. kind of stepping it up. I mean, even the Stellar Awards, um, I know I had sent you a few things about the Stellar yes. Awards. Um, it was done all virtual as well, no live audience. And I think it was just so cool to see, you know, especially gospel artists, right, and Christian artists, um, you know, use their creativity and push it to the next level. Normally at a stellar awards, we'll see, you know, Jonathan McReynolds on a guitar just singing. Well, this year we saw him, you know, on top of a New York uh, city building, you know, with a crowd, a small crowd of people where they were just showing like the amazing views and it was around sunset. So it was just like, you know, awesome to see these different, um, you know, creative ways that these artists can, you know, portray their music and sing Mm -hmm. their songs being that they can't really do these live performances in these arenas and, you know, and stadiums. But I did hear that, uh, you know, there were a lot of, uh, um, you know, a lot of people that are for these type of award shows and then people that they're not really tuning in, not watching it because they're not feeling the whole virtual experience. (laughs) I get it. And I think that, listen, I'm always one of those people that harken back to how can the church do better or how can a church uh, take inspiration from things. And I think that when we see these artists or the the fact that we still see these uh, music awards or any type of award show still happening shows us that as a church, we should not be just sitting down. You know, it's like if the world is still moving forward and they're finding different ways to do things as a church, we need to be doing the same thing, if not better. Um, So the fact that all these people are stepping up their game and finding different creative ways to exhibit and to bring out their artistry or their gifts as a church, we got to be like, all right, how are we going to do continue to do the same thing with spreading the gospel and reaching the souls if we can't fill out our churches to capacity how we used to. There's a lot of people that don't want to come into the building because they still have that fear. So what are we going to do in order to, you know, reach the masses? So, you know, I think that's something that a, we should we should uh, keep a mind on or an eye out for. But the reason why I brought up the Billboard Awards was because, you know, what was it, a year ago, we had did a whole episode on Kanye West's album when he yes. released his old gospel album and he was yes. doing all the Sunday services. Get into and, it. And we were, <laughs> he said, get into it. <laughs> um, and, you know, we did this whole thing about it, of what we thought about um, not only his music, the artistry, but also the idea that, Kanye West is doing a gospel artist, uh, but all to say that he actually basically sweeped at yeah. the Billboard Music Awards. How you know? do you feel about that? Are you going to ask me? <laughs> you could. Can... <laughs> I have so many thoughts. Go ahead. How do I feel about that? I don't know how to feel about that. I think that, you know... It's well, first, let me say what he won. He won a top gospel artist, a top Christian album for Jesus is King, top gospel album uh, for Jesus is King, top gospel song for Kanye's Follow God. Um, How do I feel about that? I, I'm, hey, congratulations. I guess the yeah. the Academy or whoever, I don't know who votes for the billboards. Is it the fans or like I an don't Academy? think it's the fans, no. Um, you know, I they, think the uh, Billboard Awards is based on 
like oh, chart like, stats yes, charts and yes, yes, basically yes. the hot 100 on billboard and the hot 200 you know yes. album yeah so then that charts. makes sense because someone like kanye already has notoriety uh, if, right. I don't know how you say the word. Um, so the fact that Kanye came out with an album, period, was going to make anything he put out chart. Uh, yeah. The fact that it lasted as long as it did on the charts, it's a combination of it being a Kanye production plus being a Christian production where right. you have non-believers checking the music out to see if he's still as good as he was. And then and you, have, you have the believers exactly who are like freaking out that Kanye yes. West is doing this, Yeah, you know, and low key are fans. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, are definitely yes. tuning in. Yeah. So um, I, so when it comes to how I feel about it, I guess it is what it is. It just makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, because someone else who didn't have the fan base that Kanye did coming into it, you know, it was going to be a lot more difficult for them to chart as long yeah. uh, because they didn't have the fan base or the radio plays or anything like that because they were a lesser known quote unquote artist. Yeah. I just think it's so it's so hard to really, you know, uh obviously, you know, he uh did a great job on the album. Yeah. You know, I like some of the songs on there. It did make an impact. I mean, Jesus is King was trending number one on Twitter worldwide. Like, you know, Jesus is King was posted up in Times Square. Like for a while, you know, we kept seeing this, you know, this phrase, Jesus is King. And, you know, although it was just because it was about his album, you know, just that message alone, I think that was very impactful. Right. Um, it's just hard for me because I, I have this problem and maybe it's not so much with Kanye, but with other people who kind of uh, dibble and dabble in the gospel and Christian community and uh, kind of come in and sweep the awards or they come in and, uh, you know, they become kind of a face or representative of Christianity mm -hmm. and the church and the Christian community. And I think that sometimes you know, um, it, that, that's not healthy. You know, in the case of, uh, you know, Kanye West winning these billboard awards, if we look at, you know, chart stats and all of those things, then yes, he probably did, uh, rightfully win that award and deserved it. Um, the other artists in those categories also did, uh, you know, great numbers. Um, when we look at that, Lauren Daigle also won a billboard yes. award as well. Um, we know that you say, you know, by Lauren Daigle, you know, uh, made history and made such a big impact as well. But um, within this conversation as well, you know, Justin Bieber released a song not too long ago titled Holy, right? Um, and I came across this song because as I'm every Friday, new music comes out. So every Friday, I like to go into like the categories to see like, okay, like who released music, what came out. And in the Christian category, it was like Justin Bieber's song being promoted, Mm. And when you look at the category that it's under, it's under Christian slash gospel. So it just got me thinking like, okay, he released a song. It's called Holy. Let's check it out. And the song really has nothing to do, you know, with God. I wouldn't consider it to be a Christian or gospel song. Yeah. He does, you know, he's talking about the love that he has for his wife and how it makes him feel. That's really what it's about. You know, Chance the Rapper jumps in, you know, and basically elaborates on that a little bit and mentions, you know, about the place where he can get the best weed from. Right. <laughs> and this is a song that is put and being promoted as a Christian gospel I song bet. on like Apple music and iTunes and things like this, you know, and 
I just, that's where sometimes for me, like even like Chance the Rapper, I remember when he released his mixtape, I I forgot what it was called. I think it's the coloring book. It was titled um, that he broke a lot of records with that. You know, they tried to push that album like a gospel album or say that it was a gospel record. Um, you know, he did have Tamla Man on there. I remember he did that performance with Tamla Man and they sang How Great Is Our God and all of that at the, um, I believe it was the Grammys a few years ago. The record itself was not a gospel record yeah. or, you know, did he have gospel Christian songs on there? You know, yeah. he calls himself a Christian which is cool. Like, you know, Justin Bieber, same thing. They call themselves Christians. That's great. If that's, you know, what you want, you know, to be known as or what you identify as you're a Christian, you believe in God, you believe in Jesus. The problem that I have sometimes, you know, is it's cool. Even if you want to do a Christian gospel song, if you want to come out and do an ocean, you know, a cover to the song oceans and you want to release it, Justin Bieber or chance the rapper, you want to come in and rap about God for a whole song. And it be like a purely gospel song in that moment. Great. I have a problem when it's that these people become almost like representatives or the face of Christianity or the church or gospel music, right? So when I see, you know, images of Chance the Rapper in, you know, in things that have to do with gospel, um, you know, circles or Christian circles, it just kind of throws me off a bit. And I think it even throws off their fans that don't really listen to Christian and gospel music, mm-hmm. and it kind of confuses people. Yeah. You know, um, I think it's one thing for you to be a Christian, and then I think it's another thing for you to be a Christian and use your art to spread the message of Jesus yes. through your art, right? Yep. And then you could be a Christian and through your art, just choose to release music and talk about, you know, whether it's love, whether it's relationships, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, life issues, right? So I just think we have to be careful. You know, cool that Kanye, you know, won those awards because, again, we look at numbers, he probably, you know, did deserve it. But I just think about those other people in the categories who I know are true gospel artists who have been doing this for years or that, you know, their song is actually a gospel song and not a rap song, right? We look at Kanye's songs that are winning in these categories, top gospel or best gospel album. His song is not a really gospel. It's a rap album, you know, Um, top uh, gospel song. It's not really a gospel song. It's really a hard rap song, you know? So it just sometimes the genres too get mixed up, you know? Yeah, and I think it's unfortunate. And I think we circle back to this conversation anytime we speak about anything close to this subject, you know, because I remember back when Snoop Dogg did his quote-unquote gospel album as well, you know, it was one of the concerns that I had, that we both had, which is this idea of having these secular artists dip their toes into the Christian gospel uh, world, Um, you know, and it's kind of like, are they doing it because it is a genuine desire and want to use their artistry to exalt Christ? Or is it looked at more as an opportunity of an avenue that they have not yet explored? Um, and, you know, I'm, at, at the end of the day, it really goes down to the person's intention and their heart. And unfortunately, yeah. we can't really right, say right. 100%. Uh, but there are like situations like that with the song, you know, from Justin Bieber uh, or whatever, where it kind of looks like you don't, it's either you really don't understand the concept of a Christian gospel song 
or you very clearly know what you're doing. You don't care, and you're yeah. just looking at it as an avenue to, you know, to to have more territory in. Yeah, and I don't think he himself pushed it as a gospel song or a Christian song. It was more of the platforms that it was on and the yeah. genre and the categories. But somebody um, somebody selects that for right, you. Right, right. Right. So it's just, you know, and it's not the first time we see this, right? Um, you know, and with some of these people who profess to be Christians, where, you know, they profess these things, they'll maybe release a song, um, you know, a Christian song, a gospel song, and then they'll go back to like, you know, um, being on another track with another artist where they're talking about, you know, all these, you know, crazy type of stuff or whatever. And, you know, again, it's like you say, you know, sometimes it's just, it really just boils down to, you know, uh, giving, you know, believers and kind of confusing uh, the world with what a believer or Christian really looks like, right? Or how they act or, you know, what they're, um, you know, uh, kind of how they express and use their art, you know? So yeah. it's just something to, uh, to, you know, that's cool to just keep in mind. And, you know, again, I'm totally for them, you know, jumping on a Christian song if they want to. And, you know, at the end of the day, uh, when we talk about artists, they use music to express thoughts and express their emotions. And who are we to kind of tell somebody, no, you can't express your thoughts about God, you know? Yes. But I just think then there are also certain boundaries um, that, you know, should be kind of clear and established where we're not looking at these people like, you know, oh, they're completely like a gospel artist or a Christian artist, you know, let's, let's follow them. Yeah. But, um, but speaking of music, I just, uh, noticed, um, I think it was like a week ago I follow, and I think people know them through YouTube more than anything, uh, Maverick City. Yes. Uh, music where um they're basically all of like you know young people kind of together and then it looks like it's like one big jam session <laughs> yeah, um, yeah and uh you know they do a lot of worship songs they released a new album um you know maverick city volume three part two <laughs> yeah. right and uh great songs on there one of the songs really stuck out to me it's called to you and um i don't know if you've heard it it's called to you it's featuring chandler moore and um I really love the perspective of what they presented in the song. They kind of talk about the prodigal son. Um, and he brings up a point in the middle of the song that I think was super cool. He talks about how uh, when the prodigal son kind of left and, you know, took all of, you know, you know, his inheritance and spent it all and, you know, had nothing. Um, how the Bible says that the father saw him from afar and how the father ran to him. You know, um, and he kind of used just kind of the uh, that metaphor of running to the father and the father running to you mm. um, in this song and, you know, using it, obviously saying, well, I'm going to go back to you. But then he kind of flips it and, you know, presents it as if it were the father talking to, you know, uh, the prodigal son. And it just got me thinking, you know, simple lyrics, nothing, you know, crazy out of this world. Right. Um but super profound. And just the fact that I think that many times when we view that story, we don't, we focus on the prodigal son and we focus on him returning. We focus on the father, right? Seeing him from afar. But the idea of the father kind of running back to his son once again, mm -hmm. I think sometimes that's a detail that we, we kind of overlook or just kind of hurry up and get to the part where they're celebrating, right? And I think it's easier for us to, uh, feel the 
the the connection or the need to run back to God, right? Yeah. And to do everything within our reach to reach God and get to God. And I truly think that there are moments where God comes running to us, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, whether that's using people or, you know, through dreams, um, you know, putting people in your path or, or, you know, you seeing something coming across, you know, a certain song or a message or a sermon. I think there are definitely times where God comes running to us, you know, and whether it's running to us to save us or running to us to just kind of like embrace us and let us know, like, I got you, like you're, you're, you know, you're going to be okay. Everything is going to be fine. Um, I just think it's something that we need to just kind of stop and reflect on sometimes the idea that, you know, even when I don't have the strength to run to him, or even if I don't have, um, you know, if I don't feel that confidence that Mm -hmm. he would want to receive me, you know, there are these moments where God will come running to us. Yes. And I think that, I mean, I was, as you was talking, I was thinking about various occasions because it's not only once that it's happened in my life where a situation like that has happened where it was God running to me whether it was to embrace me whether it was to rescue me whether it was to uh, just remind me of his love and promises when I was either too in my feelings or too focused on what the surroundings were uh, he showed up to me. Um, and I think that that's really cool. You know, with Maverick City, I came on, you know, they they showed up on my scene with their volume three, part one. Um, you know, I think it was first like A Man of Your Word was the first song that I heard from them. Um, and then when I heard them do Promises, Promises is an awesome song as well. Um, I had no idea that they released the volume too. So as you were talking, I was also downloading it and I'm definitely looking forward uh, to listening to it. Their music videos are also good. Um, It's like you said, it's a jam session. It's a bunch of worshipers and musicians um, and I guess just people uh, just in a room jamming out and just worshiping God. Um, And I think that one of the really um, special things about how they do stuff, especially for volume one, I haven't seen or heard about volume two, um, is that they allow opportunity for true spontaneous worship um, where they just flow and they go. And obviously they come in with the plan on, okay, we're going to sing the song. These are the verses. These are the choruses or whatever. Uh, But you can tell um, when it shifts, when it's now, yeah. we're no longer just focusing on the parameters of the song, but it's also shifting into and connecting into what in the spiritual atmosphere is happening. You know, I remember there, there's this song that I heard from them as well, where um, as the person is about to sing there, they did this prayer where they were just praying, like, God, may this worship, may these songs reach the people that we never even were thinking that it was going to reach, as it has already done. So it's going into it with that confidence and knowing that I'm about to pour out of my spirit, and I'm just going to give my all. But I also understand the, um, the, the, 
the opportunity that God has given us to not only put the music out, audio, but also these music videos that, you know, may go viral or may come across somebody's, you know, internet dashboard randomly and how it's going to bless and minister to them. Um, So if you haven't checked it out, definitely check it out. I will be looking into their volume two um, and that song as well, because I think that is a great message to understand and comprehend that, yes, there are many times in our lives where we go running to God, but there are also times where God goes running to you, whether it is to rescue you, embrace you, lift you up, guide you. um, And don't be surprised when those moments happen. Yeah. And there's just something also just so powerful when it just comes to worship in general, right? Like just that idea. And I think, you know, so many times we we forget its power. We forget um, how deep it truly is, right? We forget um, oftentimes because we just get so overwhelmed with everything that we forget the power that lies in worship. And especially in these times and what we're living in and, you know, we have all of the debates going on. We have, you know, all of the, uh, you know, meetings and and all of the, you know, talk about this election. And, you know, we're just a few weeks away um, from, you know, that day. And, you know, it's just uh, I saw a post someone saying basically don't let, you know, the election uh, divide you from your family and your friends. It's like, remember, it's not all about this, mm-hmm. you know, and um, it's just sometimes so easy to let or to allow all of these things to cloud our vision and overwhelm us. And just this past week, um, you know, just a lot of things happening, you know, at school and, you know, putting together um, a children's event as well. And just so many things and life things that happening and, you know, things that you're praying about and waiting for. And I could feel myself because I know, you know, you you feel when it starts to come upon you, like that feeling of just feeling overwhelmed and anxious, like you, you know, when it starts coming over you. And, you know, it was just funny because I was sitting, you know, uh, one day just sitting on the couch, just kind of like reflecting everything I had to do. And, you know, that's when I put that song on. I found it. You know, I went on YouTube just to put music on. I found it and I clicked on it, put it on. And it served as a reminder for me because the way I, I guess you could say, entered that moment, right, was not the same way I exited that moment. Mm. You know, and sometimes, you know, we grow up in church, we grow up knowing and hearing these things and we truly do forget sometimes like, yo, this attitude I have right now, (laughs) I need to really go into worship right now because I know that worship will shift that. You know, it's like, I know I have these responsibilities and I have a meeting I have to go to, I have, you know, a leadership meeting or I have a youth meeting to go to and I'm not feeling it at this moment. I'm about to throw on this song because I know that worship shifts my atmosphere and my my attitude. And I think sometimes, you know, it takes for you to do that to yourself because I could have easily sat there and sat feeling overwhelmed, sat feeling anxious, sat there feeling, you know, creating lists about everything I needed to do and what I needed to get done and all the deadlines and all these things. And instead, I kind of took that moment to just worship and remind myself of the power that lies when you worship and when you do that. So I just think it's sometimes good, you know, even, you know, we have strong prayer lives and strong, you know, we go to church and do all of these things. Sometimes it just takes that moment of worship to really clear your mind. Yes. Yeah. And I agree with that. You know, 
when it comes to worship, it is a way for us to just, you know, the great thing about worship is, is that when you're worshiping God, you may not be saying exactly what it is that you're feeling, but God understands what you're trying to say. So as you're singing the song or as you're connected into the worship that is happening, you know, God is understanding all your stresses, all your worries, all the things that you're concerned about, all your needs, anything that you're run that's running through your mind or it's heavy on your heart, although you may not be physically expressing it, you know, there is a connection that happens that allows through the through the intervention of the Holy Spirit for for that interpretation to happen, you know, and I think it's very important and very awesome. And when you feel overwhelmed or you feel stressed or you're feeling angry or you're feeling down or whatever it is, sometimes the simple thing as putting on a worship song can have the impact needed to get you through to the next day. Yep. And I know this is, uh, we kind of talked about everything in this episode, you know, kind of catching up and catching yeah. up with everyone. But if there's something that you take out of this, the challenge would just be, you know, in the midst of the craziness, yes. you know, push through and push through with your worship, you know, and just kind of remember that there's a song that says, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And, um, you know, I grew up when that song came out. And I remember for a while, it was just so played out. And I was like, oh my goodness, are we going to hear this song again? Or <laughs> they're going to sing it again, right? But, you know, when you really think of the essence of that song and coming back to the heart of worship where it's really is all about God, sometimes, you know, your spirit uh, needs to be reminded of that. Yes. So definitely during these times and during these, you know, uncertain times, unprecedented times, times that, you know, are trying our souls, right? Let's remember to just push through with our worship. Absolutely. So thank you once again for tuning in and joining us for this adventure. As always, you can link up with us. Yes, on all our social media on Facebook and Instagram at God Life Culture Podcast. And uh, definitely subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening right now. Go hit that subscribe button so you can get notified every time we drop an episode. Be, leave us a rating. Leave yes. us a review. Let us know that you are listening. And be sure to tune in for our next episode. Yeah, so thank you once again for tuning into the God Life Culture Podcast. That's God Life culture until next time see ya bye